Woo! <laughs> Not even dancing, but you could imagine. <laughs> I can't do this. I love this music. I groove it in my car when I'm going back listening to it for, you know, idiosyncrasies or whatever. Hi. This is Keith Knight. I'm a pastor here at Stonebridge Church on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, I'm joined by my brothers in arms. To my left is Steve Duffy. Nice. Brandon Levering. Across from me, directly across from me, awkwardly directly across from me. And to my right? Josh Casey. Yeah, I don't know why I'm explaining to people the spatial No, it's yeah, kind of fun because they're probably like sitting in their car or their home and they're now imagining us. Yeah, but if you've never if they've never seen us, I wonder what we sound like. Mm-hmm. Man, I wonder if they drew, if you drew a picture of us of what we sounded so like. I grew up listening to Garrison Keeler, just yeah. like Wobie Gone. I don't know. And then you saw him. Amazing. And I saw him. Like shocked. my world is ruined. <laughs> like it's just like the the pic the the face yeah. I yeah. pictured for my whole childhood yeah. was nothing like the man himself. No. Yeah. Yeah. The, he was with Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. You know, Chris Teeley took that over. You know who he is? Mm-mm. He's uh, the mandolin player for Nickel Creek and oh, really? Punch Brothers. Huh. He's a really good uh, really good musician. <laughs> the students have adopted a sign in our group time of rabbit trailing. Oh, I mean, in, in case you didn't see what Steve did of over the radio, he's holding up <laughs> rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because oh. we're, 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 we're one minute in and Keith is <laughs> off track. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> welcome to my brain. Yep. I'm off track with myself. I'll start a train of thought with myself, thinking okay. through things, and then I end up in the middle of the worship center from my office going, why am I, why am I out here? <laughs> I almost feel like I was abducted by aliens and dropped in the middle of the worship center, like routinely, <laughs> routinely. I, w- I was prompted with rabbit ears by the look on Josh's face, like, what's <laughs> happening here? Well, yeah. what is happening here? Uh, we're starting a little bit lighthearted. Um, because we're going to go into a topic that is absolutely not lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, you just did you plan this whole series to continually scale to more terrifying depths of um, discussion or what? I mean, kind of, not really intentionally, but there is a progression, right? So, uh, and and kind of grouped it for some foundational matters, like just the first the first sermon, you know, uh, the concept of being exiles and strangers, and and the second one on how to talk. To one another, so the cancel right. culture, outrage culture, like those were intentionally foundational, and then it kind of moves from there into issues of division. Mm-hmm. So politics, abortion. Next week we're looking at race. Yep. And then issues of confusion. Hmm. So uh, uh, expressive individualism, homosexuality, transgender. So there is a madness, mm-hmm. a method. To there the is madness. a madness to my there's method. Both. <laughs> I'm glad there's a method behind it. We we know the the madness is there. So yeah, the, it it does have the uh, accidental effect of of ramping up. Good each week. Yeah, so I, I'm that. actually excited. Uh, this is gonna sound weird. I'm actually excited to talk next week um, about race because I, I do think that that is a discussion that needs to continually happen. Oh, we've in got the, it in the church Being um, because there's a lot of nuance so and there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of traps in that that we can fall into faulty thinking totally. in, in a number of ways. So I think that'll be helpful next week. But but today we're going to talk about abortion, mm-hmm. right? Which is almost seems like, uh, in, at least in conservative evangelical Christian circles, almost kind of seems like seems like a home run. Like some people may be like, well, I'm pretty sure I know what they're going to say. You know, we're, we're against abortion, you know, as a rule, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is true. But 
when we talk about abortion, we're not just talking about um, it as a political issue. We're Correct. talking about it as a gospel issue, exactly. which is which is the goal in yeah, this the whole discussion. Point of the sermon series, yeah. Right. So then, the first question that we uh, are going to approach then is basically, you know, the pro-life stance. How, how is it? that sometimes pro-life doesn't necessarily mean that that's going through a gospel filter. Yeah, yeah. There, there are people that are pro-life that are not Christians yeah. or yeah. not, not even deists, maybe even mm-hmm. maybe the you know, atheists that are pro-life for the, for the sake of uh, pro-lifeness. I don't know, mm-hmm. but, sure. but the point is we can be, pro, you can be pro-life, but not necessarily filtering that position through the gospel. Yeah. So then how do we, how do we make sure that as we're approaching that we take a gospel centered approach to yeah. being pro-life. And, and what do we lose if we don't, I think, right. is equally important to, to weigh through. Before we get too far, could we do a quick definition? What's the difference between a biblical approach and a gospel approach? Mm. I think sometimes we choose a text and we say, this is our decision as Christians, and here's our text. I'm not sure that's a, what, we, what we're intending when yeah. we say gospel. Just I how mean, is the gospel approach different excellent. than that? So in one case, those terms should be interchangeable. Like, mm-hmm. if it's truly biblical, it ought to be uh, filtered through the right. person and work of Christ. Um, functionally, that doesn't always happen. Like, you can be, you can take a Bible passage and use it as a weapon uh, or, or, you know, take a very legalistic approach or something, and it's based on this verse, and so it's biblical. Mm-hmm. With, and so a, a, uh, a truly biblical approach would be taking the whole counsel of God Right. And, and bringing that to bear, and, and the centerpiece uh, being, again, the person and work of Christ, all of Scripture's pointing to Christ, all of Scripture's flowing from Him. And so the way we obey it must be filtered not just through law, but also grace, both at the same time. And so, um, you know, the, one of the phrases I've been using through the series is kind of, you know, sin really is sinful right. because God is holy, grace really is sufficient because the blood of Christ is enough. Mm-hmm. So that specific, like, we're not just trying to be biblical in a sense of, is this right? Is this, um, can we find a verse in scripture for this position? We want to apply the good news of Jesus in its full breadth, which is, I think, again, the fullness of a biblical approach would be a gospel-driven, gospel-centered approach. So Agreed. With with uh, the only caveat, the only caveat I'm throwing in there is in the in the case in which there are dis- distinct specific commands forbidding such things. Sure, it's 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 woven into to both, right? So I think that's where it gets like if you're using a, a passage out of context, of course there are a number of passages in the Old Testament we, we were talking about before where God is commanding. It's it's a very specific command, but don't pass your children through the fires or offer them a mm-hmm. sacrifice to Molech. Yeah, and so there was a practice in which there was child sacrifice, and child fa- sacrifice was an abomination. So it was commanded to the Israelites, "Hey, don't do this because it it the act itself is an abomination." Yeah, absolutely. So I know it's not a direct one for one, but I so there's mul- there are multiple horizons. I think with this issue because there is the you know thou shalt not kill, yeah. which is so that's that's a gospel issue in that uh, to be uh, to deviate from to deviate from the decalogue in trying to live the gospel doesn't make sense. Exactly. Right? And and that's where that's where you know in my summary I would get into the sin really is sinful part mm-hmm. of it, right? Um, I think where maybe the distinction you're after there Josh or at least that practically comes out is you can get some folks who are only trying to apply the law. 
Agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, even treating the Decalogue as though it's like something that's supposed to be for all societies when it's, you know, there's biblical principles true yes. for all societies, but it was very specific to Israel as Correct. the covenant people. Sure. And so if we're only applying the law but not following it with the grace of the gospel, mm -hmm. we can build a society with a lot of restrictions and mm -hmm. safeguards, but no safety net for when we fall. Right. And we will mm -hmm. fall. Yep. And so, you know, having that both sin is wrong grace is enough yeah you know keeping those up because i think that that to me is maybe the biggest um challenge for evangelicals uh is that we can be so adamant and rightly so about defending life and stopping abortion and and, and calling out sin for what it is that um we can be terrified if that's part of my story. So, for instance, like I've been at Stonebridge for coming up on four years now. Holy smokes, man! I know, really? isn't that weird? Yeah, it just makes me feel older. Well, you know, Shh, you are. Fits. We're getting um, old. But uh, shut it. <laughs> so I've been here almost four years. This is the first week anybody has ever told me their story of abortion, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, meaning, and then there's there can be all sorts of factors. That's the topic this week, but. Right. You know, do we have a culture that people feel safe to say, I messed up in this way mm -hmm. and the grace is sufficient? Whereas if we're only hitting on the law piece, then I if, when I mess up, I've got to keep I've got to fix that myself. I've got to keep it to myself. All those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Right. And so that's why uh, I think that it's so important to to keep that um, both law and gospel law mm -hmm. and grace together as we shepherd as we advocate as we you know well the way that you delivered the message this weekend you've been watching my sermons mm -hmm. did a lot of crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I did get that comparison made on several accounts what has he done to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way those kleenex are horrible we oh they're get terrible it's softer, like it's like when your wife buys willow <laughs> <laughs> for toilet paper, you need a lotion. We're once. obviously not sponsored by just, Willow, and you burn it, <laughs> or will you ever burn be. it. Listen, uh, lady, if any ladies who are listening, for the love of the Lord, please don't buy Willow toilet paper. Uh, I think we have. Hey, no speaking sponsor. of Willow toilet not paper, a sponsor. actually, um, definitions. Uh, the pro life. Uh, when you, also when you said pro life. Uh, oh, good. By the way, we're, 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 we're all about segues here. Yeah. So when you when you talk about the pro life, um, this will come up later. So we don't. But I just want to put a placeholder. Um, pro life as a um, trademark, so to speak, mm. in terms of organizational element of rally versus uh, principle. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll, that'll come up That's later in one of your, yeah. one, I think, a question that you sent out uh, regarding mm -hmm. um, move or movements or strategies mm -hmm. or yeah, tactics yeah. In, in action. Just want to highlight when we say pro-life, sometimes the thought immediately goes to an organization. Mm -hmm. right? Gotcha. Oh, Who, which, yeah. by the way, has <clears throat> unbelieving people, non-Christians as yeah. part of that. So that just something to highlight uh, that we'll talk about later. Can we brought can we broaden this out? So as one of the things that I've been thinking of as we've been pre prepping to talk about abortion is um, there's this thing that's kind of underlying that I think is a gospel issue, which in general, like even among Christians, uh, there's more like there's a casual almost approach, even jokes that kids are kind of a nuisance, right? And you can look at churches like, hey, we don't really want the kids in the service. This is adult time. These are distractions. Or like even me growing up hearing the phrase from a lot of older people in church, children are to be seen and not heard. 
there is there has been a growing culture even in sort of modernity with uh that's anti-gospel in that we are like almost anti-creation uh, mandate like mm. be, be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. like we we are say that we're pro-life but i i don't know how many people are truly like pro-children mm-hmm. right and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a I think that's kind of a problem. So like yeah. the gospel thing is like you can't just be to, to Steve's point about like the organization. You can't just be like, hey, I'm pro-life, but then kind of carry around this idea that children are are not something yeah. to be treasured and and to spend time on and to uh, enjoy, uh, you know, like raising them up and investing yeah. in that. And and one of the one of the knocks from people who are kind of pro pro-choice or you know pro-abortion or pro-choice to the pro-life movement is you guys want them to live but you're not nearly as concerned about their quality of life Mm -hmm. which i think is actually for for maybe not every christian but for a lot of christians is a pretty fair critique Mm -hmm. is that we seem to be like well we want them to be alive we just don't want them to be our problem yeah yeah so that's 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 part of the gospel approach to to yeah the holistic approach and you know as as you were talking about that it, it makes me think about um, uh, how much abortion the, or the current abortion crisis is is downstream from other cultural problems, right? Right, and mm-hmm. and a big one being just what we'll talk about in two weeks: expressive individualism right. and, and the sovereign self, right? right? So, if life is about me, mm-hmm. if I'm the center of the universe, or mm-hmm. or if if I my identity is is what I desire, what I want, do you do you, all that kind of stuff, well. That comes, you know, with that comes a sexual revolution, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I am what I want, right. and and for you to <clears throat> deny me that sexual fulfillment, that's for you to deny me my right to happiness, and right. that's for you to deny my personhood, and so on and so forth. And so we open the doors there, and with that, then okay, to the extent that children make me happy, great. Mm-hmm. To the extent that they don't, that's a knock. And so so much of of kind of the abortion crisis, I think, does flow downstream from some deeper dysfunctions in the human psyche of just the sovereign self and, mm-hmm. and, and so on, and, and uh, not recognizing the, the Lord's design both for humanity but also for family and community mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And, and rugged American individualism doesn't help any of that, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so the me- the message that we're working against is not just this isn't a person or not. Right. Uh, underneath all of that, the message is you're the center of your own universe, mm-hmm. and you do whatever is going to make you happy, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you shed anything that's not. Right. Um, that's verbatim from what I've heard some some of the youngsters saying to each other recently. You know. <laughs> so the um uh, I'm I t- uh, relatively speaking, I'm a youngster. To you, um, thanks. So oh, the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the so I'm gonna say something like that. Then. No, I'm not actually. The um, but I think you, I think you, I think that's you make a really good point there. Um, the, the my rights, you know, the expressive individualism of my rights. I think that's that's a part where it has caused me uh, to scratch my head a little bit. You know, in the conversations of even just talking about rights when we're talking about these is. Um, you know, I mean, I would even say something like right to life. That's where I, I was like, right to life. That, I mean, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thinking about, you know, women's rights. And then in hearing both sides of the issue using the words rights, and, and it sure sounds like there's like a, um, 
it goes beyond where I, like, I don't see that in scripture, you know, like that we have the rights in the way that we're speaking about rights. It almost seems, you know, what, First uh, Corinthians 6, 19, you're not your own. Uh, it's, it's as though all life is a gift from God to be stewarded by God. And that to me, I would, uh, that I don't hear that as much as I would hope to. And to me, that's a gospel principle yeah. of, you know, this, we are not sovereign over, over, yeah. um, over all those things. And so then when we go into the, the rights, it's, it sounds like we go into something that's more of like legal, yeah. you know, and property, yeah. you know, and that that's kind good. of a thing, as opposed to a, a gospel posture of, yeah. of stewardship. Yeah, that's good. Now to the credit of is it the Declaration or the Constitution? All creatures are endowed with these inalienable, inalienable rights. Inalienable life, rights. Yeah, that's life, liberty, that, yeah. the pursuit of happiness. Endowed by their creator. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is a, a kind of a natural theology underneath mm-hmm. some of those rights. But right. by the fact that you're made in the image of God. Right, mm-hmm. Your image bearers, yeah. Uh, so to kill, I mean, it's the same thing with the principle yeah. of Cain slaying Abel. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So you, a, a, and God has given you the right to live. Right. He could take that away as, as God, right? He's, he's the only he's one that has the exactly. ability to do that. He's right? the only really? one who has yeah. authority to yeah, do that. Yes, authority, right. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so there is some, I think, some nuanced wisdom in that particular version of it. However, we've taken that and we've run so far down the road with, again, just you know, demanding my rights, my right to, to a thousand different things. And, and, and again instead of recognizing these as a gift from God to be stewarded, to Josh's point, they're this intrinsic thing that I can wield over anybody else. And um, and so it's just kind of, I become the sovereign self. Rather than a gift from the sovereign, uh, life being a gift from the sovereign, I, I become the sovereign self. And, um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, and you made some, you, you had very helpful uh, advice for people who are going to be engaging in discussions with people who are pro-choice. This even, you know, the, what the acronym that you use, SLED, yeah, sled. right? Mm-hmm. That's, um, I think, Scott Klusendorf came Yeah, and it's that, really, yeah. I mean, that's really helpful, but because when, when you really get to it, like, if you were to push those who advocate for, you know, abortion, uh, those who advocate for the, termi- the determination of a pregnancy um, intentionally, they're disingenuous in the way that they talk about such sure. things. And I think that's part of the reason that, that um, we tend to kind of lose the gospel is in the fight, they're not going to listen to us talk about the gospel maybe purely. And so there are certain levels in which, in, in order to, achieve, I guess, in order to achieve a hearing with certain people, you, you have to face the arguments as they come. But the, the chiefest one is that this is not a biological Per, this is not yeah. a person, right? This is not something that has cognizance, which is just, it's just a lie. It's mm-hmm. disingenuous. We know that that's a person um, because uh, you mourn, you mourn the loss. Celebrities, I, there was <laughs> yeah. a, a popular celebrity couple who were like, you know, vehemently pro-choice and they lose a child and they put on Instagram how sad they are that they lost this child in utero. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. So don't don't lie to people the, the about how this is like reproductive health yeah, when yeah. you know that this is a baby. Yeah. The only distinction that, that comes out is the wanted baby is a child. Right. The unwanted one is not human. Right. And you're the determiner exactly. of exactly. Yeah. My desire determines reality. Right. And and again, it is it is it's deception. Like there's so much deception in the whole thing and um, so learning to reason persuasively is mm-hmm. is so critical. I mean, you're not gonna. 
you're not going to convince everybody, right? We, at the end of the day, we need the spirit of God to open eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, the more we can, and, and I was encouraged, like, you know, there were, there were at least, you know, one person who went into the sermon Sunday morning that was, you know, kind of knew what we believed, wasn't really comfortable with it, was still kind of like, I think really this is up to the mom and none of us should have any business dealing with this. And by God's grace, walked out mm. convinced that he'd been wrong and, and repenting awesome. and, yeah, and confessing and all, you know. So I was just, so there is, you know, I think when the heart is good and, and the Lord is working there, we, you know, uh, arming ourselves with those persuasive arguments is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, anytime deception is reigning, we've got to shine the light of truth there. Right, right. right. <laughs> what What is it that causes, what is it that causes some people who would say that they're like pro-gospel to dabble in the gr what they would call gray areas mm. of this debate? Because that's that's one thing that comes up too, you know, um, well, I think there are some genuinely hard questions with it, right? So, so for the vast majority of folks, it's just a black and white issue, right? right. And 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 um, I think some of the gray areas where you'll you'll get these debated um, on both sides for for the pro-choice movement. These are the exceptions that demand the rule, right? That are like less than one percent um, of yeah. The uh, for so, so rather than maybe gray edge cases, is that seem like gray meaning? Uh, like, like I would say there's the, you know, for most Christians, it's a black and white issue, mm -hmm. but some of the edges might look a little mm -hmm. gray. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and so for basically the situa situational ethics as it applies to abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so mm -hmm. for the pro-choice, that's the chink in the armor by which we can try and attack the argument. Um, but I think at the same time, there's some genuinely confusing issues for some. Like. Right. You know, questions of rape and incest, you're going to find Christians landing in different places on that one. Um, questions of the mother's life being threatened, mm -hmm. you're going to find Christians landing in different places on how to deal with some of those things. How do you guys wrestle through those? Not that we're going to fix all of this right now, but just out of curiosity, as you process that, um, you know, because these are questions... Again, they're 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 super uncommon situations, yeah. but they're the ones that we gravitate to, and is we're trying to prove the rule. But what about this? If this rule's here, what about this? I think that's a legitimate question. How do how do you guys personally work through some of those? I, I I've always just taken the position that um, I'm a Calvinist, so uh, I believe that in those specific situations, especially for Christians, you you do what I feel like scripture uh, supports and commands, and then you trust and trust God with everything, mm -hmm. right? And I think, you know, as a married couple, if you've got a married couple that the the woman's health is in danger, and I think they just need to be pray and be convinced of, you know, what the Lord wants them to yeah. do. I, I think that Haley and I, if we were in that situation, we would be like, Probably we're gonna have we're gonna have this baby, and we're gonna trust the Lord that if the doctors say this gonna, this isn't gonna work, that the Lord will. And if he doesn't, we'll still, pray, you know, mm -hmm. he'll still be mm -hmm. praised. I, I think that's in terms of like rape, I, I do. I don't believe that you should punish the child for something that they had nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. because the child meaning the baby, the baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and right. I, uh, and I know that I know that there's a lot of people that would disagree with me on that. But I know some friends, you know, that had terrible uh, life situations and probably a lot of people had said you know you should 
I, I know people who were even teenagers and pregnant and wasn't the great situation and they had relatives be like, you should get rid of this baby because mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. Right. But it's been a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not that kid's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, they've, you know, they know Jesus and they're walking in, you know, in life of the gospel and what a terrible thing it would be to just be like, well, you're too much of a reminder of something terrible mm-hmm. and to treat a child as though they're just a reminder of something terrible is really bad. It makes it, it, it somewhat, it, it, to me, that posture makes, I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. Um, that last comment you made, it, it, it makes, if the child or the, and any individual is a reminder more than they are an image bearer of God, right. yeah. we've, we've lost the focus of what, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the individual is. Agree. And yeah, I, I, um, I kind of, I mean, if, I think this issue and many issues, I think we all would agree, uh, are very complex. Um, I think this issue is more complex than what Christians often are willing to admit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's um, a lot of times we think that there is more black and white in this than there is, you know, but it's, we're speaking into, you know, a, um, a, a post-Christian context that I, I think a lot of what we're talking about and why we all would agree on you know, our stance on these is because we're coming at it from a, a Christian, you know, posture where we're looking into the Bible and understanding, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, it, what, it, what it means. Whereas, you know, when, you know to the point of the, the rights thing, I think that's more of an American, you know, mm-hmm. constitution kind of, kind of argument, whereas we would say it's more of, you know, we're not sovereign. And I'm, I'm right there with Keith then on that is, uh, I, I feel like there's, there needs to, the church needs to be a community. I mean, that'd be the biggest thing I, I would advocate more is we need to be a community that can help each other with these things. Um, and so if any of those situations comes, it's got to be situational. You know, like you got to talk with through it. You know, I can't say one thing for all, but it's really complex. But I would lean, uh, I would say, I can't imagine a scenario in which I would say that the, in the baby uh, would not be born. Like I would always encourage that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I steward life. Like that's what yeah. I'm told to do. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to your point, I, I just want to bring up an example of what I think is really, I talked about this before we came on, um, but, uh, and I don't remember the name of Jeff Durbin's church in Arizona. Apologia. Apologia church. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have a ministry Well, they'll, they'll go to the abortion mills, the abortion clinics and stand outside with signs that are like, we will adopt your baby. They will vehemently uh, debate, you know, um, Christian ethics with people who, and but they won't say like, hey, think of this from it. They'll just be like, the Lord says this is wrong. You know, God is going to judge this, this sin, but we want to help you. So I, I, my personal thing is like, like you can have a very distinct view in which you are trying to tell people, no, these values of God need to be impressed upon a society that even rejects God. So long as you are willing to walk the mile that's necessary to back up that contention, not just to say, hey, you're wrong, you know, you're going to be judged, but to say, uh, we, we will stand on what the Lord says, but we are also going to follow the command to come alongside you. Like, if you need help with this, we will help you. If, if you're worried about money, we have people in our church that will help you. If you're worried about you don't want to keep this baby, we have people in this church who will adopt this baby and support you. And if you decide you don't want to, you know, that you want this child along the way, but we want to help you 
all over. We don't just want you to stop and go yeah. home and do, and take care of the kid yourself. Yeah. We want to help you. And so that's where I think, I think that we can only um, in good conscience make very distinct um, statements like that in you know sort of impressing the Christian faith on a secular mm-hmm. nation if we are willing to then practice yeah, back the back up. end of that gospel yeah. and mm-hmm. back up what we are saying and just like not God is just commanding you, but the God who commands you to do these things mm-hmm. will come alongside you as you respond in faithfulness and yeah. that he does that through his people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's good, that's good. Maybe to, to add um, on the question, you know, what would you do mm-hmm. or what are your thoughts about edge cases? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about like just take rape, rape or incest, um, Already, that's a dark and complex situation. On top sure, of, yeah. I mean, that by itself, if there's no life, right. uh, a baby at stake, um, I think it's critical to stand on uh, and stand on and filter the response through the biblical convictions that we have. Otherwise, if we get, lend any of our response to emotion, especially mm-hmm. in those cases, we we really tread, I think, a thin line. And so, biblical convictions that we've already talked about about the inherent value of life being an image bearer, you know, Genesis 1, um, the idea that life uh, starts at conception, so this is a life, in w- no matter how that life was the cause of the creation in terms of rape or incest, so Psalm 139, and that, you know, the taking of that life is murder. And so standing on those, um, I guess for me personally, I don't, I don't know how you could land in a place um, that's different than with, if it was just you know a, a married couple, let's say, and they they made a decision that's not the right time, as you mm-hmm. as you mentioned on Sunday, yeah. and I don't want to. I'm not trying to minimize the difficulty of those situations. I'm simply saying you have to. We have to, especially in challenging situations, we have to operate out of the biblical conviction and order. In my opinion, in order to rightly apply the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we give leeway and permission to sin, then what is the weight of the grace that accompanies that? Uh, our counsel of grace, you know, through the gospel, if we're not bearing truth to, to the situation. So we just have to trust in in the idea of uh, trusting that God will still is sovereign and will provide His provision through the gospel through our help um, would be sufficient. You know, on the other side of that counsel of saying here are still the fundamental truths yeah. that we that we abide in and stand on um so yeah it's tough um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, tough. it's hard good, it's hard to imagine the the trauma and and all that would go into that but you know another it, it, it's like finding you know say say you're in a marriage and you shouldn't be getting divorced, but you do it anyway because you're selfish, and then you remarry somebody, and then all of a sudden you realize down the road, holy cow, that was wrong. Mm. You don't rectify that situation by divorcing again. Well, you can't because Scripture says... Exactly. So, so sinning <laughs> in order to fix a sin mm-hmm. never actually does that. And so right. to... Yeah. to and, and, or even sinning to fix a victimization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, again, it, it's it's <coughs> complex, but... The biblical convictions of life have to, you know, for me, that's what I would want to go. Like, there's not just one person's life being mm-hmm. evaluated mm-hmm. here in this response. There are two people going on. And you know, I think the it's trickier for the uh, life-threatening pregnancy to a mom. I think, mm-hmm. like yeah. you said, um, a family has to wrestle through that. Yeah, one. That's where I, I don't think you can quite legislate that one. Because you can legislate 
the killing of a you know the against the killing of a of an unborn baby but in a situation where um you can't i don't feel like it's it's right to legislate that you must die for the sake of this other person you could choose to risk your own death mm -hmm. but i don't think the law can stand and say you must make this decision i think that has to be wrestled out yeah i don't think that that's the i don't i don't th i don't think that anybody if they're genuine is going to seriously take that any person who's pro-life would want that to exactly. be the law yeah yeah so and that's it's like less than one for me that's cases, like the so the one exception of of legalities <clears throat> that i'm i you know i don't think you can legislate the requirement right. of, of risking you know right. and, and especially in some cases like an ectopic pregnancy mm -hmm. sadly that baby will miscarry there's mm -hmm. no uh, biological way for mm -hmm. it to survive mm -hmm. and so uh, whereas if it does grow and and such it it very will uh, very likely will kill the mother. And so there's just those kinds of hard situations where there's all sorts of grief into them. It really becomes a miscarriage in that sense of, uh, you know, um, but. I think if we're, yeah, and <coughs> the slippery slope there is maybe the lack of definition of the cases that would apply. Otherwise, you have a potential open door to have interpretation of well, what's yeah, life threatening. And, and, you, you know. and we're seeing that. Like, mm -hmm. well-being becomes the new definition yes, yeah, uh, yeah. instead of, like, actual surviving. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. So mm -hmm. am I going to die, or is my life going to be adversely affected? And mm -hmm. those things get fused together. And, right. and, yeah, you're right. There is a slippery slope. There. And, and there, is, there's, there is a posture of, in most cases, except for the... What was the scenario you bet the oh, atrop ectopic? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I the so in other words, the embryo is not in the yeah, uterus. It, 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 it's it somewhere else, and it's not. It's case. not going to be. It's not going to um, end well should it continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so any other case, if it's not like that, would be. Um, I think what Keith maybe you were alluding to is, we're going to trust the Lord through this and triage as we go. That's kind of the theme. Or the posture yeah, I heard, I mean, but you know. I, I think that that couple has to especially you know I think some of the hard scenarios people find uh, I've got four kids mm -hmm. do I parent stick around to parent them? you know I would hate to be in that situation mm -hmm. having to wade through that that is yeah, a hard course, situation yeah. and so you just pray for wisdom and grace and you pray for miraculous of course intervention of God mm -hmm. so but yeah. to be I mean there's, <laughs> there's a couple things that come to mind we can't discuss one of them at length there is a certain pro-life position in which it's just real bad theology, which is like, if this infant doesn't get baptized, they're going to hell. No. <laughs> and, but we do have to, I mean, there, that needs to be dealt with too, because there is a pro-life position that is almost solely based on real bad theology. Yeah. Not solely based, but it's largely around like, well, what happened? These kids aren't going to have an opportunity to actually be saved. If so, they're not, yeah. if they yeah. so we're not going to get be, into that. Yeah. But but there is, and I don't think, but I don't think enough Christians actually know the differences in theology there mm -hmm. to even know that that's an issue. Yeah. So, but the other thing is just the history of eugenics, right? The history of child sacrifice and eugenics. I shared that uh, looking back in history, um, you know, the reason that God commands not to sacrifice your child is because it was a big deal, mm -hmm. like to make your life better. I mean, you sacrificed a child to a god. Um, because you thought that they were going to be pleased with the sacrifice and then your crops would be better and, and everything. Well, then, you know, they found these mass graves in, in Carthage, you know, that the Phoenicians 
evidently practiced child sacrifice a lot, mm. like mm. tons and tons of babies. But even the article that's in this uh, this archaeologist that's writing about is like, well, we just don't understand what, you know, maybe we just need to understand that their culture, they saw these things differently. And honestly, uh, the living conditions, the mortality rates were higher. So we don't know what somebody would be thinking. Like maybe it actually did make life better. But that's the kind of mentality mm. that we're dealing with. It's not even like these most people are wrestling through the morality of it. It's they just want life to be better for quote unquote society, which is where eugenics comes in as well. You know, Margaret yeah. Sanger and, and uh, you know, it, in France and Sweden, a lot of uh, European countries, like even Sweden, just, hey, the, the celebrate, hey, we're, we're eliminating Down syndrome. Yeah, I'm like, what a terrible country you are, <laughs> you jerks. Like, They've eliminated <laughs> all people with Down syndrome. There's right. a big difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, but that's, that's the point is if we get to the heart of this, like when we talk about the pro-life in the gray areas, we get caught up in the gray areas, but the gray areas are not, that's not intellectually honest for the pro-choice side to be bringing up because that's not what they really want. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's control either racially motivated, uh, mental uh, issues, mm-hmm. like not just um, what they would consider to be like at, at one time, you know, mental quote unquote retardation, which is the words that they used to use mm-hmm. to describe such people. But um uh, racial purity in some cases, yeah. like, you know, or, or even or just people who have psychological population. disorders. I mean, that's historical too. Some of eugenics was if somebody had schizophrenia, like, oh shoot, we need to eliminate this in a family. So we probably shouldn't let them have children. I mean, the, the forced sterilization that happened yeah. with a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean that that's, but that's the real argument. I mean, that's where a lot of these real arguments the are coming from. the origin of so much of this. Yeah. yeah but it's mm-hmm. perpetuated even, I mean, even if you talk in, you know, we, we, we can almost you can almost wrap the, this discussion this discussion with next week's discussion in some cases in yeah. terms of race and especially as, as it applies to African Americans yeah. in those communities like it's it was deemed as population control I mean in the, the opening up these clinics in the poorest areas in order to control yeah. the poverty by way of killing children that's really disingenuous to say that that was not the root of some of this at least oh, in america it's documented right as, uh, yeah make, make and that that's where I, and like to steve's point i don't yeah. want it to be an emotional argument yeah. but it is an it's like an emotionally charged gospel argument because i don't like having conversations with people who are trying to play a gotcha on me and like what about the? i'm like you don't even care about that like all you care about is the ease of your life. Like it doesn't occur to you that these children could grow up and have a great life and contribute to society. You just want a shutdown answer to make you feel better mm-hmm. about this 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 procedure, you know? Not that you have to go into a lot of detail, but you mentioned Margaret Sanger. Just make the connection between that and your previous comment. You just who she just so well, Margaret, for people know. Margaret they Sanger was kind of the, the spearhead of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. I mean, there she you and you know the uh, reproductive health and quote unquote reproduct reproductive. The whole quote is reproductive health and reproductive rights for women. But a lot of her writings, I mean, just being associated with uh, conversations with the with the KKK, which is documented. And many of her statements on even uh, the black community and, and how it's it was. It's ugly stuff. It's very ugly stuff. So ugly that Planned Parenthood, at least in some portions of the country, have completely distanced themselves from her. Right. Because she's such a toxic, you know, association. Right. Uh, because it's just so overtly racist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so the gray areas... I, I do think they're worth discussing as Christians, but I do think we get hung up in the gray areas. Yeah, they can become the smoke screen for right, a bigger right. issue. Yeah. So what about 
So then from the gray areas into issues in general, uh, one of the things that we talked about, um, we, we threw out to each other prior to the podcast was um, abortion has become almost, so when it comes to elections and stuff like that, tends to be, tends to make a lot of elections kind of a single issue. Like if yeah. this is yeah. the case. Yeah, I mean, it, it for, I would say at least for, well, no, this is probably true for both sides, right? It, it becomes the single issue which... Um, I vote this way, whether Republican or, or Democrat, um, and every, every political calculation I make in the voting booth is relative to this one issue. That's a pretty common posture for, I think, a lot of voters today. And, and I think it's worth asking, you know, uh, how, just out of curiosity, how do we think about that? And, and what's either the general wisdom or the potential danger of that kind of single-issue voting? I mean, because it it would be an assumption for many people today that that's just the what you should do. Is are there some? Yeah, I think there's. Let's poke at it a little bit. Yeah, I think there's a. Uh, to me, there are a couple things uh, in it. Is um, is when we are expecting the government to do the work of the community of Christ. Mm. I, I think it's when we put when we put our regardless of what we're doing um, as a church as Christians. We expect that when I check that box, that's my Christian duty because then now that my champion, we, he or she will now go do and make legal or illegal the things that I believe my convictions are. And, and then we oftentimes will feel that we've done our Christian duty on this issue, mm. you know, to vote for the person. And, uh, and, and I can't find that in Scripture. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I think that's the part is where we... we, we co-op the uh, or, or we outsource Christian community and ethics to and uh, and love and care and all those things to to the vote and so I think that's one side is uh, is we make that the activity that we do and think that we're good there the other side is that we bundle the, the one issue could oftentimes like we don't do this in other areas of life that one issue could be that there could be a whole bunch of bad stuff that comes with it mm-hmm. you know and so we say oh because of the one thing you know, because that, you know, we're dating and because that person is rich, that checks the box, even though they're a terrible person. You know, like, <laughs> like we don't do this in normal decision making, mm-hmm. but for some reason in politics, we decide I'm just going to look at the one thing or some people do. I don't want to say we do. I don't do that. Not everyone does that. But sometimes if we make it a one issue, you know, mm-hmm. thing, then we, we forego many of the other things mm-hmm. that are there. And we need, you know, a, a consistent, holistic ethic when we approach yeah. you know that if we're if we really if we really are thinking that's going to get the job done we need to be approaching it more consistently to all of scripture that's good i mean i wish i wish we had a theocracy if i'm honest i mean <laughs> continuing this on from uh, <laughs> my my noxian political <laughs> stance is is uh I don't. I do. I believe that any ruler is beholden to God. Like honestly, every president who's ever been the president of the United States is going to stand before God and answer for the way that they governed. Uh, every congressman is going to stand before God and answer for the way that they voted and governed. So I do think we need to take that seriously. I do think we t- we tend to take the gospel out of you know last week politics and issues um, because we think we're in a secular society. We're not in a secular society. Like Jesus is the sovereign. 
Like that's scripture. Remember the strangers and exiles piece, though. No. We're in the we're in the not yet. But still. he's but no. Here's the thing. <laughs> he he's coming back to he's claim it. But he's yeah. also coming back to claim it. This mm-hmm. world belongs to God. Absolutely. And so we're strangers and exiles only because the Lord is allowing Satan and his minions to have a certain amount of of power and influence now. But he's going to take it back. Right. Absolutely. And and so keeping I do think keeping that in mind is helpful. And I will say this for myself. I don't trust anybody who is pro-killing babies. Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't mean I trust somebody who is pro-life for the sake of political mm-hmm. affluence, right? But I will always take the candidate who is pro-letting children live versus, uh, versus helping the structure that, and funding the structures that are killing babies. So... I'm one of those voters who are like, yeah, if there's two guys that are both kind of a hot mess, but one of them is like, hey, we're going to try to overturn Roe v. Wade, I'm for that person. I mean, I'm for that administration because I I do believe, I do believe that the harshness by which our, our nation would be judged as a nation is at least partially dependent on the fact that we seem to be okay with slaughtering. I mean, more, more, deaths than all the other wars combined right yeah. and just oh, killing yeah. our own children yeah that's a big deal to me yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. so i i tend to fall on on that side as far as how our nation will be weighed and judged i think it's i i i think that's a, you you make good points uh the 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 idea that we um you're you know if we have two hot mess of a candidates you would choose the one that would be pro-life yeah I think that's a great situational ethics for a Christian to do, and you've modeled that well of thinking through that. If we are approaching it only as a one-issue thing, that isn't the same thing. Like it just to, 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 that, that process by, by selecting a candidate is oftentimes, I think what you're asking, Brandon, I understood is pro-life. Who's pro-life? We don't even need to know who the name is. All we need to know is that they're pro-life, and then we just connect the name to the ballot. You're weighing out other issues there, which and then applying Which the situational is, yeah. ethics. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. I would agree with, I would do the same process you do, Keith. Um, I, do, I, I would not do the process, maybe the Brandon was asking us about, of just saying, just find out who's pro-life and go with them. Correct, yeah. Which, get it, I think each person has their version of that, so that's yeah. why I was curious how you guys work mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. For a common a thing, so common as single-issue voting, how do, you, how do each of you guys work that out? What about you, Steve? Um, I think I'm pretty consistent with what's already been described. I now the challenge. So it maybe historically, uh, abortion has been like the hot button sort of moral yeah. thing on the radar. Now there are multiple uh, moral uh, hot button things. Yeah. So. Yeah, what do you do with that? If the, as long as I think you work through it the way that was just described, that like, yeah, Keith and Josh just affirmed, and you, you as well, Brandon doesn't matter how many moral hot button topics are on the radar, uh, that line of thinking to help you mm-hmm. arrive at a conclusion is good. One of them is going to bubble to the top. Like this is like, this is the most important. Yeah, but you know, the reality is, uh, I like that. Who did you say two hot messes? We have two hot messes <laughs> of candidates. Um, that's always going to be the reality, I think. <laughs> so I just accept that and try to figure out already resolved. Do you not it. remember Ronald Reagan? <laughs> it's a joke. He was a hot it's mess a joke. too. Come on. We're, they're all hot messes. Um, yeah, we're on, we're all hot messes. We're in light yeah. company. So yeah, but th- just the uh, you know again keeping those other biblical convictions in mind, Josh. I like how you what you said is that my hope is not in this man 
to accomplish something. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. Keith. Mm -hmm. um, to to uh, to to move uh, the gospel forward to affect the lives of people. Um, I can't be satisfied in even the Roe v. Wade thing. Um, being disbanded, as you noted, Brandon, now the yeah. fight is in the states, right. and um, you know, just consider what happened in Minnesota recently with yeah. their recent. Pet. I mean, it's horrendous, and so yeah. that ought to keep us alert and awake and active as to where the real um, battle lies, and that's in the heart and lives of those that we can yeah. actually yeah. influence here. Not to say we don't have a national responsibility, mm -hmm. but our greatest impact, what can we do here? Yeah, we'll, we'll also be talking about, like, uh, this, is, this is something for us to remember as we come to, when we come to gender. Like, what, what is passing now is being billed as gender-affirming care is actually mm -hmm. on the down-low sterilization of young people yeah. mm -hmm. who in yeah. most cases are probably gay, but they're being forced into gender transitioning and mm -hmm. gender-affirming care when they're younger. And I, I actually think this is a low-key way of sterilizing a number of people mm -hmm. that who may just be confused um, because of like cer certain social cues. We'll, we'll get to that when yeah. we get to gender. Yeah. But I do think there, there is, it's not just, I think if we're talking pro-life, it's not just abortion anymore. They're finding ways to go around abortion in order to affect people who are already living in a way that's very much pro-death, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's what's that's making good. it, as Steve said, it's making yeah. it a little bit more complicated. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty close to both of you, to, or all three of you guys, in that generally speaking, I'm going to prior, prioritize a, a pro-life candidate for obvious reasons. I think what's been helpful for me to understand is that whereas that becomes the single issue for, for I wouldn't say it's always the single issue for me, but I think it's one of the key ones, and, and, it's, a, and it's very often a single issue. Not every Christian has that as the single issue that rises to the top. Like, so if you look at you kind of your, your um, the historically black church, um, who for the most part votes generally Democrat, and if our if our assumption is well, they must all be pro-choice, then we'd be dead wrong. They're they're Democrat typically, uh, despite the pro-choice. Um, position of that party. They're Democrat because there are other issues that seem to rise to the top, you know, kind of socially and, and, and care and, and things like that, that affect them uh, and, and in, in different ways. And so that's where, um, you know, and one could have a reason debate whether that's a good idea or not. But that single issue, making abortion the single issue thing, I think where it's clearly a matter of conviction and and I tend to lean that way it can also create some unhealthy division among Christians where uh, you know we're agreed on a biblical principle but for for so many it's like we were in a stalemate for 40 years we could make progress over here on these things we're not going to accomplish anything over there on that one so let's put our energy over here and 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 so just kind of that recognition of um, Christians do land in different ways, not because of supporting uh, abortion, but because there are other social, there are other ways the culture of death reaches out and strangles communities, and and some of those ways are are have been prioritized in in different cases. I, think I, I hear that and understand that, and I sort of reject that only because I, I think it's very I think it's very hard for me. This is me, okay. Mm -hmm. So this is you're getting both the emotional and my, the emotional filter I run the gospel through. First of all, I mean, how could you not like Donald Trump? He, <laughs> did, he, he said himself he's done more for Christianity than anybody else has. So I feel like 
Is there, is there a bleep button? Like yeah, <laughs> we're going to cut that out, right? This is me throwing a hand grenade in the middle. But but in all seriousness, it, it's very hard for me to take. If and this is if you're listening and you're this person, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you. It's very hard for me to take somebody seriously on what they prioritize as other issues when they they don't seem to first prioritize we want people to be alive. I get it. I get there's I get thriving. Not, not prioritizing. I, I understand. I understand. So. But I just I have and this is just me. Again, I'm not I'm not declaring. I'm saying I have a I have a personal problem. Um, I sat okay, and so let me give you some background. When I was 16 years old, I was at a summer camp, and they uh, they did a they had a woman who had used who um, went around and lectured. She used to work in an abortion mill, and she came and shared a number of stories and pictures and the procedures when I was 16. And I sat in that room and bawled. I didn't have any idea, like what that was like, mm -hmm. none whatsoever. Once I discovered what that process is and that she told stories of like hearing this faint, weird kind of screaming sound and there was a baby in the trash can that had been injected with saline solution that was not dead yet, mm -hmm. like dying in a trash can, I was like over my dead body. Like I'm never going to let anybody think that this is okay. Okay. So I, I have a hard time. I have a very hard time. When a Christian is like, well, I don't think this is the biggest issue. I think I think in in a lot of cases, maybe they haven't investigated I, I, the I, the intricacies yeah. of what is involved in a lot of those I think, processes. I think you'd be pretty wrong in that assumption. Maybe though, I might because, be because what's what's I think and again, I'm I'm kind of representing others here, sure. so I may not be doing it accurately. I think most <clears throat> of the time, the evangelical Christian who ends up finding themselves in the Democratic Party despite their abortion agenda is working to prevent that upstream. So if we can address poverty, if we can address uh, you know, fatherlessness, if we can address some of these social factors that contribute to why women end up down here, then you know, childcare, if we, can, if we can kind of you know, free childcare, reduce the costs of, of births and so on and so forth, which Generally speaking, the, the Republican Party isn't that interested in as a priority. This, this would be the I argument. I don't think any party is interested no, in no. as a priority. No, no. And so, so if, if we can address some of the social issues upstream, we right. can do just as much to prevent getting there. And so that would be much more, I think, in line with the rationale. I, under, I understand that. I understand that. And I, I, I get it. My, my position to that is probably related to my political position. It's like if you think any of those politicians <laughs> actually give up about what you think, yeah. they don't. Like they're all making bank off of you sure. and, and posturing on their positions. So like I, I think that's where I think it's maybe uninformed, uninformed in some cases or disingenuous in some cases. And some people just feel like, hey, we got to work, and this is the way things are going to change. I, I tend to think, well, would, with the gospel thing, but this I is where be we get into with the, the motives or the uninformed. I, think I, they're, I don't they're know they're the motives. The dots in different ways. I, I don't know the motives, but what I this is again how I feel is, if when we talk about even last week with politics and this week with abortion, I think we're we're talking about it in categories of how how do we adopt a gospel position but mm -hmm. the gospel position is not to particularly rely on politics to get the totally. job done it's to rely on I, I think how we vote and what we do are two different things yeah i would vote hey let's save babies you know and save women from making decisions that might be harmful to their 
the actual their own actual health and for sure the health of their child who's a, who's a living pe- person but then let's find ways to get out and actually bring Absolutely. the gospel to bear in, in those and that's why i'm saying like instead of voting for politicians who are going to make economic changes for this why don't christians take on those economic mm-hmm. burdens like i mentioned with you know durbin's church like if you yeah. if christians are saying we will help you yeah. like in your situation. So if you have three kids and you're a single mom and you're pregnant again, you're not sure you can raise that baby. We want to help you. Absolutely. That's where I would say, like if we're going to be active in helping fix those problems, the fatherlessness and stuff like that, I would prefer to do that as as the church rather than rely on politicians yeah. to do that. And, and But that's more, again, that's more, I'm trying to describe, this is, this is my whole politics gets wrapped up in this. It was, and that's why I'm a single issue voter. Is I, I actually think, that's an issue worth voting on and the other things the -hmm. church can be doing without waiting for the government to do those things which is why we're kind of in the position that we are politically is because we've trusted the government to fix all the economics sure sure yeah sorry and and no and that's that's good the only other counter i would say is i think most of those churches are doing those kinds of things probably more than the white evangelical church in terms of social reform yeah and and i don't i don't know and and so um that might, that might be true. Yeah, so I think the single-issue voting, like, I, I think it's totally fine to be a single-issue voter. Where I get concerned is if we impose our single issue onto others. Uh, and, and, again, we, may, we can have those conversations, but the, the assumptions that can kind of flow underneath them can create an unnecessary wedge where we're actually all working on the same thing, mm-hmm. but we've got different methods and tactics that we think that are going to work best, right? And, and I think that happens in all sorts of issues than just abortion, you know, poverty, caring for, for single moms, all sorts of things. We can, we can uh, be aiming for the same thing, but be very convicted that this is the way to accomplish it. And we should be convicted. We should be convinced. We should argue vigorously that this is the way, so long as we don't create unnecessary divisions with teammates. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that's kind of, I think, the point I'm advocating mm-hmm. for. Yeah, maybe the maybe the pendulum swinging to the uh, well, no doubt not maybe but it is the pendulum swinging toward the government to handle the social issues is the exact issue that Josh brought up initially is that uh, we also wouldn't want on the other side to uh, rely on the government to um, to make progress in the whole abortion topic although we'll we'll advocate for the laws but the progress comes in what is our gospel opportunity and work as a church yep. to raise up young people to raise up families yeah. to establish the you know the the to nuclear be, family as yeah. a as a primary source for the kind of care we're talking exactly. about and to nurture that and support it in all facets of um, of our stewardship yeah so. that's great well and back to and that that leads back to the the thing that I brought up earlier was <clears throat> there are quite a few Christians that you know and even I would say you know all of us at times it's much easier to be like that's a shame than to actually do something yeah, about sure. it, right? So, if every if every Christian community, if every uh, if all the Christians in each community in the United States were to decide, we are going to actively work at helping people who are in these positions, right? Like it's like the the forty years of ministry that Bridgehaven has done here mm-hmm. in Cedar Rapids, like actually coming alongside people who are afraid and giving them hope and saying like we're going to resource you, we're going to help you. Like there are a lot of issues that even you know conservative Christians rely on the government for, and and conservative conservatives are typically people like, oh, we don't need big government. 
But the reality is the conservative side of the government is just as big as any oh, other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so with the exception of a few people. But if if more of us would actually, instead of relying on uh, politicians to get things done, w yeah. we were actually living uh, pro-life orientate orientations, right? We mm -hmm. would we would eliminate a lot of abortions probably oh, just by, just by ministering to people in the community. Uh, so I think so. That's that that to me is where I would I would prefer and do spend more time and effort is 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 in the area of what is the Christian community doing. Um, I. I, I, there's a very good chance that I will never, I mean, unless something changes in my own thinking, is uh, I will never go to like a, a rally of any kind. Like that to me is not the best way to accomplish it. I think helping people understand how to be hospitable in their homes uh, with their neighbors. I think, you know, one of your statements in the, uh, uh, or urges in the sermon on Sunday, Brandon, was to uh, the fathers tell your daughters that no matter, whatever, no matter what happens, there is grace in this home and we will go through this with you. To me, that is a very powerful, very small thing that we need to be doing mm -hmm. to then be that, you know, light. You are you are a light on a hill, you know, and 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 to be that gospel witness to to the point that if we were just doing those simple things and being a community of grace, mm -hmm. um, I, my hope would be that 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 at some point people would say, why on earth did but, you know, I mean, I think you even said that. Why on earth do we do abortions? Uh, have that. But they, they would, at, at a certain point where we may see in our lifetime, uh, why would I do this? I have a church. You know, I mean, that's the mm -hmm. Acts. In, in Acts, you know, everyone was sharing with each other as they had, you know, as they had need. And then I, I love in Acts 4, it says there was not a needy person among them. Mm -hmm. What if, what if, the, what if the, the mom that just found out she's become pregnant, whatever the scenario is of that, of that, of that baby that's being developed. Um, what if she just always thought, oh, whatever happens, happens because I've got Christian community. Mm -hmm. I, to me, Amen. that is, that's where I want to spend my time and energy. And so getting into the politics of it is, Which, yeah. is a, a, a part where I am willingly a stranger and exile and say, <laughs> I will let, I will let, you know, the declaration of independence declare rights and the constitution figure that out. But I, I want to put a whole lot more effort into this yeah. community. Which is the beauty of becoming that alternate city, right? That alternate kingdom, that 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 outpost mm -hmm. uh, from heaven. Here's here's what it could look like. Like here is what we look forward to in, in, in being that embodied presence and witness of the kingdom of God, living differently in the world, being mm -hmm. that city on hill. Like that just is such a compelling mm -hmm. well. I mean, you, you look at Matthew 5, it, it's compelling, it's beautiful that they might see your light and, and glorify God. It also sometimes makes us a target, you know? Sure. Don't be surprised, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted. So that light has different effects as it hits the yeah. world. Yeah. But but boy, how beautiful and compelling is that with, if the church were to set the pace at this kind of care and prioritizing of life and community and all of that. and. And, and again, as long as we're in this world, I do think there's a political question that we have to navigate and, and we'll continue to wrestle with. But but putting that priority emphasis on how do we just do this in our own homes, in our own communities, in our own neighborhoods, that's huge. Um, yeah, I mean, the church historically has 
taken care of, yeah. people that the government wouldn't take care of. I mean, that was, that was absolutely, that was the early church, one of the things, they kept going and collecting the babies that, that people yeah. were discarding. We're discarding, yeah. And, and, and that was frustrating to the yeah. Romans. Well, right? they also were, they, the people who were left to die from the plague, like they were, they were taking care of those people. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is historical precedent that you don't just right there. There's both. I, I think, you know, and I don't want to. Like, I, 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 from the last week's conversation, I am firmly embedded <laughs> in rigid, uh, rigidly conservative politics, sure. and, and I will probably always stay there, but. But the knock on cons rigid conservatives is a fair one. Like we tend to only care about the issue seemingly, mm -hmm. but we don't care about helping solve it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fair critique. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a scathing critique if you're a Christian. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the right and you have something to say about these things, but if and a woman came to your door and said, I really need help, and you're like, sorry, I can't help you, mm -hmm. then you're, you're not really yeah. concerned about life. Right, you're not really concerned about thriving of babies. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're a Christian and and you're like, man, kids are annoying, you're not really pro life. <laughs> you're just kind of pro you. <laughs> or pro, or pro, you're pro, pro your life for a political well, reason. Well, and, and yeah. to to the point, you're pro your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. And you don't care if anybody else has those things so long as you do. So to to I mean to the to yep. the point that gets levied, I do think we need to embrace some of the criticism that when we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, even for most Christians, we're just talking about ours. Mm. We're not talking about everyone's. Yeah. We're just talking about it's ours. It's costly. Right. It's costly to talk about every, uh, you know, to, because to it requires really sacrifice. Exactly. And right. it seems exactly. like the two guys that first walked by that guy on the side of the road believed in their own life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Sure did. But that good, good <laughs> Samaritan really leaned into the... Mm. Right. In, in, into the costly amount of that right? Yeah. Yeah. for the sake of the other. So maybe one last question. Um, what this is a good discussion, by the way. Yeah. This oh, is a good modeled discussion. Uh, what are some of the practical ways where we can get more skin in the game as mm -hmm. Christians? Um, where, well, Keith, you know. Yeah, Keith mentioned, Keith mentioned Bridgehaven. Mm -hmm. I, think that's, I think that's a good one. Uh, my wife and I, or my family, because the whole family is takes part in it, uh, has, has been for years a part of a thing called Safe Families, the things mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. it's not just simply the, uh, the, it's pro, kind of an the pro birth. foster care. Yeah, thing. it's not the pro birth thing, but it's, it's, it's to care for the, the moms that are there, you know, and the, or the, the parents really, uh, mm -hmm. usually moms, um, to give them some respite, you know, so because they've taken on the task, you know, to do the thing. And usually it's, we find that they've not been given that community of love and care, and they've not been mm. helped. They've not even been raised in a way that would be good to model, and they're just going off of what they can, mm -hmm. and so it gives them a chance to maybe get some help mm -hmm. um, there. So that could be one that's, you know, after the birth, you know, side of things. Yeah. But we've had friends take babies within a couple of months of being born, even, and take mm -hmm. them for a while. So that'd be one. Safe families would be a good one. Oh, everybody's looking this well, way. I, so I guess that's my prompt. My you cue. did the breathe in. You. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple things. One, one lingering question for me is just this idea of how in the world do we, well, your example, Brandon, uh, there are a group of people that came up to you after this weekend's message, and, and, uh, and this has been the first time in years that you've heard that uh, some folks have gone through this and had an abortion. So it highlights the point that this is often in secret, and um, maybe many times not disclosed, and so there's a there's a hidden uh, guilt, mm -hmm. 
shame that kind of mm-hmm. comes with that. Um, so yeah, the layering question for me related to that, if it's, if, it's in, if, it, if it's in secret after the fact, what about before the fact when somebody who's a, maybe abortion-minded considering an abortion, right? Um, you know, how do we get proximity to those mm-hmm. folks to let them know right. ahead of time that, that and, and I don't know what it looks like, you know, I don't think we need to chart out a program. I think we just need to say, make it known that we're available to help and then we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, and, and, and I mean not just say help, but uh, so I'm thinking things like we have a foot in the door at Bridgehaven. We do have a foot in the door of ASAC Heart of Iowa. And here are two places where um, women who probably find themselves in these situations will go mm-hmm. um, or end up. And so how can we, uh, so yeah, that's my lingering question. How do we get access to have our voice heard that we um, desire to be a community that does exactly the things that we're talking about, come alongside and tangibly care for people for the long haul, not just say it, but do it. So those yeah, are the things, and it's just, I, I don't know any other way uh, unless it's disclosed, and even more so now today where abortions may not be happening in a clinic, mm-hmm. but through a pill over mail order. Yeah, yeah. Really and if it's yeah. happening that way, all the yeah, more the element and deception of the evil one to keep it secret, and to just to be okay with it happening. So yeah, just trying to get, how do we get visibility to the local church in our context to say we wanna help and we wanna figure out what that looks like. And I don't think anyone's really speaking to this. So I'm not speaking against any of the things that have been said, but a lot of the things that we're talking about right here, just with, you know, Bridgehaven, say families, you know what, um, just getting proximity as the church, you know, itself. Uh, those are kind of organizations. Those are, those are collections of people doing that. Mm-hmm. But it sure seems like, um, the church has, has, has done a nice job, you know, over the, over the years, you know, I mean, in its infancy, this is how it, you know, it became a force is, is that intimate, you know, hospitality, you know, that's there is that, that idea of that really get to know your neighbors. Like, mm. you know, if you, if you, if you have that deep trust and they know that you're for them, um, but they also know that you stand for things. Uh, there's a relation, relational component that, you know, I, I don't know where we, we find out the, you know, the mail order, you know, contraception or pill or whatever it would be. Um, and until we actually have that trust with a person yeah. and they disclose it with us. And I think that, I think that's probably the biggest thing. The first step is just go talk to people and love them and love hear their neighbors. story and mm-hmm. then go back and do it again and do it again and do it again. And then eventually those things may come up. And, yeah. and, and that's, we just are so segregated in our society, just so isolated in our society yeah. that we, there's no chance for trust. Mm. Well, you know, yeah. where that could, yeah. I'll see that and I'll raise you in saying, you know, having spent a number of years in youth ministry, I think one of the biggest mistakes the church has historically made is believing that our young people, A, believe the same things that we think about current issues, Mm -hmm. and B, feel like they can be honest enough to reveal what life is like in in their, most of their highly secularized environments, okay? And... Uh, the the point that you made that again uh, Steve already mentioned this but and, and Josh mentioned it as well was emphasizing the grace that needs to be happening in the homes but having honest honest biblical gospel centered conversations and instilling biblical ethics in young people believing that they are part of the church now yeah. but we are so lazy with that like we wonder well how do we get to a point in time where this many Christians think you know divorce is okay or this many Christians thinks premarital sex is okay or this many Christians think that you know the abortion pill is okay it's because 
we've been so concerned maybe with things like politics or even things like just how do we how do we look as an organization that we have largely abandoned the teaching of our children in the ways of the gospel and the the freedom for them to grow up in an environment in which they know that if they screw up grace is going to be applied to that so i do think that we a lot of times one of the mistakes we make as churches is to look so so very focused to the outside that we forget to actually raise our own subsequent generations to believe the gospel and i think that's a huge work that we need to be double down on especially with what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks is is things like sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. We're losing that battle, mm-hmm. really, for the, in, in terms of a gospel battle. So Yeah, that's good. Whew. It's a good conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation. You want to do another hour? No, no, no. No, because I, I'll let you know, it, it did raise two degrees in here since we've been in here, and it's now at 65.3, and I can't feel my limbs. It's all my... It's all, I lost feeling to my fingers. It's, yeah, all, it's all my hot air, I think. Yeah, 63-something <laughs> when we came in. Like, no wonder I can see my breath. All right. All right. Fine. We'll close it up. Uh, we'll, we'll pick up next week with lighter topics. That's right. Like race. Maybe I'll be sick next week. Just kidding. Uh... Thank no, you guys. Thank you, gents, yeah. for your honesty. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we hoped this would accomplish would, would be for us to be able to uh, point, counterpoint, model positions, and ultimately arrive at uh, uh, the bond that we share in Christ and the gospel. And Amen. so if you have questions, follow-ups with these things, um, please don't just sit on these things. Talk to somebody about them, especially if you're, if you're listening to this and you've either uh, maybe had an abortion or considering an abortion, we would implore you to talk to somebody about that yeah. like uh, seek counsel um, prayer uh, support grace and and uh, don't don't kind of hide and in the that's shadows maybe yeah th- I think that's maybe the it's the parting word especially for those who this is the first time you're like okay I might be able to bring this into the light yep because um, it's it's part of a lot of people's story yeah the grace of the gospel is sufficient and at least at Stonebridge our, our prayer and goal is that you would find a community that will not shame you but we'll walk with you and help mm-hmm. you find healing in mm-hmm. christ right. and and that healing is sufficient and we all need it uh, no matter what our sin is um, so just that appeal to um, find the grace of christ yeah thanks gentlemen all right we'll talk to you next week bye